This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Edward Chaplin's diplomatic career spanned some 37 years, much of it in the Middle East. The title of his talk to MBA students was Leadership, the Different Challenges of Hostile and Benign Environments. Prior to retirement, his last senior postings had been as British ambassador to Iraq as it prepared for the first post-war elections. That was followed by five years in Berlusconi's Italy. Two very different environments, but with some common leadership issues. Uh, I think, yes, that there are some... Uh, issues which are common to any any leader. Any leader has to be expected to um, set the strategy, uh, articulate the goals to the team that he's working with, um, answer the question, why are we here? Um, I think another very important aspect is a leader has to deliver for his team, uh, not just deliver in terms of making sure they've got the resources they need to do the job, but also deliver visibly him or herself. Uh, seeing that you, you, you're putting your shoulder at the wheel, you're not just uh, sitting there in your grand office uh, waiting for things to happen for which you can then take credit. And so there are aspects like that that are common to both. Um, what, what, what I was trying to bring out in my talk was how the different environment can affect how you go about those uh, uh, meeting those challenges. Is it a fair question to say which was the easier or is it easier to say which was the most difficult? You might expect uh, that uh, exercising leadership in a place like Iraq... Uh, will be very difficult for all the um, reasons I tried to bring out about the security challenges and the fact there was no capacity in the Iraqi government and the fact that I had a large and very diverse team and there was a lot of uh, very intense media and political attention on what we were doing. All those things made life more complicated. But in many ways, uh, exercising leadership in a place like Iraq was easier. It's analogous to any sort of crisis situation. In a crisis situation, you're focusing on one or two main things to get right. In our case, it was focusing on and making sure the elections took place in January 2005, and in that we were successful. So things are automatically prioritised for you, and also it's very easy to get the attention that you need from your, from your headquarters, from London in my case, both in terms of the resources we needed and in terms of political attention. So if I needed the Prime Minister to pick up the phone to the Iraqi Prime Minister to try and sort something out, then he was very ready to do that. In a place like Italy, it was much more, those things were much more difficult. Our resources were much more constrained. It was much more difficult to get the politicians interested in paying any attention to Italy. And this was complicated in some cases by you know, the differences in political culture and indeed the different personalities, as I tried to bring out the difference between personality and approach between Gordon Brown and Silvio Berlusconi, you can imagine, uh, was quite large. Nevertheless, there were areas where they had common interests, particularly as regards the G8 and the G20 presidencies, uh, and so that's the material you had, to, you had to concentrate on. One of your overriding messages is the importance, the, the importance to you and the importance to your teams of good communication. Mm. Yes, this is absolutely critical, uh, because in a place like Iraq, where people were working extremely hard around the clock, um, seven days a week often, um, scattered throughout the country, um, and this was something that was very new. They, there was no sort of template for them to follow. You had to be confident that everybody knew both what we were trying to achieve and within that what the priorities were. Um, you also had to make sure that you communicated very promptly with them on uh, vital things like security. Um, so they needed to be up to date with all, with all of that. But in a slightly different environment in Italy, um, communication is just as important and indeed uh, you have to rather work. You probably have to work harder at it, because um, 
people uh, in that in that well-ordered situation with lots of staff serving in jobs where they've been there for a long time tend to hear what they want to hear uh, and tend to interpret your your words or your your communications in ways that um, you might find unexpected. Um, so, in many respects, in a in a in a culture uh, such as existed in the diplomatic network in Italy, you, communication is even more important. One of the things that stood out for me was the fact that you said that you have to celebrate success. You can't hide failure. I think celebrating success is is very important, and it's something that certainly Anglo-Saxon leaders perhaps are not are not very good at, or certainly in the civil service culture that uh, that I spent most of my working life in. Because it's kind of it's like it's like sort of boasting. It's like sort of showing off. Um, uh, the Anglo-Saxon tendency of my generation tends to be that um, other people will spot the success and will um, give you praise or not for it. Uh, but it's enough to know that you have been successful. But actually, as far as your team is concerned, and this is an important part of leadership, they want that uh, success that they have contributed to to be publicly recognised, publicly in the sense of uh, in front of the rest of the team. That makes them feel better about themselves and better about their job and gives them the stimulus to you know, go on trying just as hard in the future. If you don't celebrate success, then they may think you don't care. And similarly, hiding failure, it's not a question of picking on someone for uh, failing to deliver what they were supposed to deliver. But also, I don't think any leader should um, tolerate indefinitely carrying passengers because that's not fair to the rest of the team. The question of why are we here is one of the mm. predominant ones, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, I think if if, uh, if you walk around any organisation uh, talking to people and uh, however junior or senior, they can't answer the question, uh, well, why am I here? Then there's a lack of communication and a lack of, a lack of leadership. So that is something that, that I think leaders do have to pay great attention to. One final question, really, and that is that, that when you look at, when you look or when you went into Iraq, there must have been a terrific uh, adrenaline rush for you and your team. They knew exactly why they were there. You knew exactly why you were there. Mm. Compare that with going into Rome, where I suspect that you probably had to find, find more adrenaline somewhere else. Yes, and I think that's one of the aspects in which you, you have to work harder to generate enthusiasm, and particularly if you want to change anything. In, 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 in Iraq, we were, so to speak, starting with a blank slate because there had been a in the embassy, there hadn't been an embassy there for 13 years since the first Gulf War. Uh, the priorities were, were pretty clear, what we were all there for and what the, what, what, the, what the most important things were. In Italy, if you weren't careful, things would just sort of drift on the way they had always been before. Uh, so you had to work harder, put more energy into ensuring that people did know uh, why we were there and, uh, and what we were about and what uh, they individually in as teams could contribute. Edward Chaplin, thank you very much. Thank you. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.